Hello and welcome back to SEMA's podcast. Y'all ready for this? We are on our second episode of season two. And of course, it took all of just a couple of weeks to bring in our favorite guest, which is Kelsey, whose last name I can never pronounce from the American <laughs> Red Cross. Kelsey, welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me. I was so excited when you said, hey, want a podcast? I was absolutely. <laughs> um, yes, one, you're always so much fun. And two, there's so many random things that we can incorporate Red Cross into that I will absolutely do. So I'm going to take it every chance I can. <laughs> Thanks Love for it. coming back though. And you guys heard her last time we were together and now she is back again today. I think I'm at this point, just going to make her a permanent co-host. Welcome back, Sakili. I'm glad you're here with me. Back again. Back at it. It's kind of like that um, oh, that ridiculous TikTok that we did a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> like, back again, Luda. <laughs> if you guys did not see that, I highly recommend that you go and look at Sakili acting like ludicrous. It was amazing pretty incredible I'll have to link it into the bio it's pretty fantastic (laughs) all right so as I mentioned in our last podcast things are going to be a little bit different for this season we're not going to necessarily have a different theme each week but we're going to have themes for the month and January is winter weather preparedness now we're not talking the crazy winter weather that we're seeing up in the northern states or in the Midwest, we're not talking about all of that, which Kelsey, I'm sure, could go on and on about where she grew up. We don't see it here. Thankfully, I'm going to knock on like all of the wood in my office. We are talking about how you can handle winter weather preparedness that is southern Georgia winter weather. So t- potentially freezing of pipes, uh, cold temperatures, maybe in the mid 30s. Thankfully, that's kind of the worst that we have to deal with. But there are certainly some hazards that come along with colder weather that we're just frankly not used to. And one of those is heating your home safely and making sure that we can do that. Um, when it comes to heating your homes, a lot of times people can get a little creative and we'll talk about how things that you can avoid in those creative or not so safe standards or ways that you can heat your home. Um, but some of that can turn into house fires, which is really why we have Kelsey with the, with the Red Cross to talk to us today. And that's, you know, understanding the hazards that are home fires and really what we can do to help prevent some of that. So I'm gonna throw it over to Sakili Um, to get us started with kind of our first bit of conversation. Sure. So Kelsey, let's get right into it. Why do you think we are seeing this steady rise of home fires in Georgia? So um, I first want to acknowledge that if you see some ears pop up, my cat just jumped on the table. So that will definitely make this a more casual conversation. Um, Yes. We are definitely... (laughs) Definitely seeing that rise in home fires as far as the the colder weather, people turn on their heaters, their space heaters, they come up with creative ways to heat their home, or if the power goes out, something like that, they they try to come up with some creative ways to, you know, manage their household. And we really want to, you know, see just a, a very baseline of, you know, you use your heater or your space heater really don't try to do much else with that. But the the colder weather is certainly where we've seen that increase in fires lately. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Even last week, I think it was the the fire that happened in New York City with this space heater 
And I think the fire itself wasn't bad, but it was the smoke that caused all this damage. And there's people in the hospital. There's definitely a cat in your face there's right now. There's definitely a cat here. <laughs> um, kind of a rough topic to have a cute little cat just running by. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you're starting to see, I mean, even something as simple as a space heater that's causing some of these fires. And I read an article actually put out by the American Red Cross not too long ago, I think in mid-December that said there have been more lives claimed by home fires in the state of Georgia than all of the different natural disasters combined. That's a huge statement. And to think that we've had that many home fires in this short amount of time, I mean, what do you think, Kelsey? We've, we've definitely already seen a, a couple of fatalities and, and several injuries from home fires, um, even just since the new calendar year. Um, so that's, that's huge. You know, we, we really strive, Red Cross does respond to these home fires, but we also really strive to, for the preparedness aspect, be prepared for those home fires. And so when we see that lack of preparedness in a community, um, that really makes a difference for us too. We, we try to target then that community of how we can help them be more prepared and, and register. So I, I know that fire in New York, like you said, it was, it was a lot of smoke issues and not great escape plans. I think the, the fatalities were not as bad um, I think they actually have had some additional survivors so that that number came down a little bit. Um, but one is too many. So we definitely, you know, it, the colder weather, the idea that, you know, I, they standardize the heat in some of those buildings. So you can't turn it past 65. And sometimes you're just, cold. I mean, my, my apartment is at 69 right now and I'm, under a blanket and with socks on, like I'm very cold right now. <laughs> and so, you know, you turn on the space heater for a little bit of additional support and um, you fall asleep with that too close to, you know, a, a blanket or some clothing or it's it's plugged into an extension cord and, and people just don't know that that can cause a fire. They think, oh, this is fine or it has an automatic safety off those things can fail too. You, you want to be very aware of everything, you know, that can cause a fire in your home. Absolutely. Last night, I, it's a perfect example. I grabbed another blanket because I was freezing just like Kelsey is right now. And I woke up this morning and that blanket was like sprawled over top of my nightstand next door or next to the bed. And just imagine had I had a heating unit on there, or had I had something, you know, electric that could have caught fire, I didn't even realize that that happened. So it's not even that you're doing something that's intentionally dangerous. I went to bed with a blanket and in the middle of the night, I pushed it aside and that could easily have turned into something a lot more dangerous. So just things to be aware of. I, I know this about myself, so I don't put anything electric on my nightstand, but a lot of people do. So that's just something to think about and to pay attention to. All right, so this is probably one of my favorite questions to ask. Kelsey, in 2020, 2021, we're now in 2022, people have become incredibly resilient and are doing some things that I've never seen before. Some fantastic and then some are just ridiculous and I just hope go away entirely. 
with that, we've seen increases in home fires, increases in, in just dangerous activities because people are just getting a little bit stupid. What are some of the things that you've seen or that you've heard that have attributed to this increase in home fires? What are some stories that you might be able to share? And I, you know, if you don't cover some of the ones that I've seen, I'll share them as well. Um, one of our biggest ones, and, and I guess this isn't, this is a common one that we saw even pre-pandemic, of course, but, but candles. Um, candles are beautiful. Candles are a lot of fun. They can make your home smell really good. They are also incredibly dangerous. These candles that I have behind me are actually um, battery operated. They are not real. We, we, <laughs> we're a Red Cross household. We don't have candles in our home because we're so concerned about that. Um, when the power goes out, people are like, oh, well, I'll use a candle like in old times. And we, we don't want that. Um, we definitely want you to be using flashlights, however you can, how, however much you can, um, especially falling asleep with a candle burning, going into a different room. Um, we've had instances where people left a candle burning and, and left their house. They just completely forgot about it and they come home wow. to, you know, their house on fire. So, um, candles are a really, really big one. They're beautiful. And, and if you, you know, are right there to appreciate the candle, that's great. But if you're even this close to falling asleep, um, you know, just blow it out. It's not worth it. It's, you know, have a flashlight handy by your bed. Um, of course, have those extra batteries too. We talk about all the time, but um, other things, and, and we used to do this in Michigan, of course, was, oh, it's, it's baking weather. You know, it's cold outside, we'll bake, it will help heat the home. And while that's not a bad idea to, to utilize, you know, your, your oven or your stove, don't make that your only source of heat. Of course, if you're, if you're baking cookies, you're baking cookies, but don't leave the oven on after you're done. Um, we can see increases in fires that way and, and make sure your oven's clean. Um, even over Christmas, I was cooking and every time I opened the oven, the, the smoke alarm was going off because I just had not cleaned my oven recently. And it, it wasn't, you know, dangerous, but it was one of those where we were like, well, I guess I got to clean the oven now. So make sure that it's clean and, and nothing else is in there. Check it before you even turn it on. Cause sometimes you have something left over in there. You just forgot about, you know, or you keep pots or pans in there for some reason, you know, whatever it is. Um, uh, and, and don't just leave your oven open either. You know, again, the whole baking thing, you can use it to make your cookies, but then close it and, and turn it off. It's, it's just not worth it. Um, I know you had a couple of examples too that you had seen, Chelsea. Yeah, so one of my favorite ones, um, so I didn't even know these were still around, um, but someone was using an easy bake oven to kind of use it as a heat source. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that when I was a kid, the easy bake oven was just a light bulb. Like I still don't even quite understand how it could hundred percent was just the yeah. light bulb in there. <laughs> so I'm not even sure what they were thinking or why they would recommend that as a heat source, but Facebook never fails. So that's what they were recommending. They'd also recommended a hairdryer to help keep warm. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've literally ever heard that. No, I guess as a, as a temporary fix, you know, I, when I blow dry my hair, I do get quite warm afterwards, but I wouldn't just leave a hair dryer on, I suppose, <laughs> to try and 
beat my home. No, 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 no. Well, I guess people are, they're panicked. If it's super cold or they don't have power, they only have the ability to plug things in for a, a, a temporary amount of time. I have no idea the context in which they were saying that these were good heat sources. Do not recommend, do not use those as your heat sources. I couldn't even imagine. I, I don't know why you would do that. But also you had mentioned, um, you know, your oven, but make sure that you're not bringing in, you know, like your charcoal grill from outside to try to, to keep warm or try to use that as a heat source or even to try to cook something inside. Horrible ideas. I know Sakili has gone off on several rants about how you should never bring those things inside. I think last time we spoke, Sakili, you had mentioned specifically during like a power outage, you want to make sure that you never do stuff like that. Yes, I definitely did. You Even if you are cold, you never want to do things like bring in a charcoal or a propane heater or a grill inside of your home. Um, and depending upon, those things could definitely put you at risk for things like carbon monoxide poisoning, uh, depending upon the heat source that you have. And I'm sure you guys have experience with people using those inappropriately as well. Do you have any advice or experiences that you'd like to talk about? We just talked about some pretty fun ones. Yeah, I know that. Um, so I, I draw a lot of this experience, of course, from back in the Midwest, back home with my family. Um, you know, they have a gas stove here. I have an electric stove, but they have a gas stove there. So even when the power is out, you know, you can utilize that to, to cook soup or something on the stovetop, which is great. Um, but the idea of, you know, you, you want to make sure all of that's turned off. Don't bring your grills inside to, to utilize those or even a camping stove or anything like that. They're, they come with warning labels that say, don't use these in enclosed spaces, use these outside for a reason. Um, you know, the carbon monoxide, of course, is the, probably the biggest reason is it's, you know, kind of a silent killer. You just don't even realize. And all of a sudden you're, you're not able to breathe. Um, of course, the other reason, if you use an all charcoal grill, you know, that charcoal stays warm for a very long time. And so if you do have animals that tip it over or something happens and, and that stuff falls out, it can cause a home fire in that way too. Um, you know, homes should definitely have a carbon monoxide, uh, you know, detector. Um, you can get like combo detectors. So some are just carbon monoxide, but some can also be that combo smoke detector, carbon monoxide. Um, the ones that I've seen in the past are uh, very interesting because they, they like say it out loud of carbon monoxide detected. And then it has a different beep than what it would if um, there was smoke detected. Oh, so it just depends. Those detectors are not terribly expensive. Um, recently, I did some research, and I think they're about $20 a piece at, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's. Um, you definitely want to buy one used and make sure that you know, one, how to work it, and two, how to replace the batteries. If the batteries need to be changed, you know, um, the, the smoke alarms that the Red Cross has are 10-year smoke, 10-year batteries. So you, you just have to test it regularly, but the battery should last you 10 years. Um, so be aware of that when you're purchasing those as well. Just because you have a carbon monoxide detector does not mean you should bring your stove inside <laughs> to, yes. you know, your grill yes. inside to cook. It's like, oh, I'm protected. That's not how that works. <laughs> yes. 
Well, and Kelsey, one of the things that I wanted to mention too, that people may not even really pay attention to, um, those combination smoke alarms or smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors may not be the best option always. So carbon monoxide alarms are supposed to be near the bottom of your, of your house because carbon monoxide typically floats at the bottom of your home. Heavier so, than normal air. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. It's heavier than normal air. So it sits at the bottom, whereas your smoke alarms typically go towards the top. So yeah you kind of are stuck because you, your smoke alarms need to be at the top. Your carbon monoxide alarms need to be at the bottom. So in our home, we have two separate ones and we have carbon monoxide on the bottom floor of our home. We also have one on the top floor of the home because that's where we sleep. Um, but you want to make sure that, but if carbon monoxide alarms going off and it's at the top and there's truly carbon monoxide, you have more than likely already you're suffered in, you're in trouble if yes that's, if that's what's happening yeah exactly like you you've already suffered a, a good chunk a good chunk of the consequences that you're going to face from carbon yeah. monoxide poisoning um so definitely something to pay attention to um but if you have young kids i have a two-year-old at home she, oh my gosh she literally just a couple of weeks ago hit the button on the carbon monoxide detector and it just oh starts beeping and going off and she comes booking it around the corner like mama and I'm like okay I'm like what did we learn that was very loud like don't touch that um but they're going to mess with it so finding a way to make it work uh, now it hides in a different location that's still low that she cannot reach which are hard to find trust me it's very difficult um, but just some some tidbits on that. So Kelsey, I know that the Red Cross has some really awesome opportunities in general for residents that know they need a smoke detector, know that they need some of these resources in their home, but may not have the resources to be able to purchase them themselves. Can you talk a little bit about the home fire campaign and you know the work that the Red Cross has started doing and has been doing actually for almost a decade? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like Chelsea said, we have the Home Fire Campaign, which is our smoke alarm initiative. Um, the original goal was to install, I think, one million alarms in five years, which I do think was accomplished. Um, we, we register how many lives have been saved through this program as well. Um, we're, we're up to over a thousand lives saved. Um, with this program, which my, my guess is the number is actually much higher, um, but this is the, the live save that we know about. Um, depending on your city, um, you can reach out to your local fire department and, uh, you know, they usually fire departments have a type of smoke alarm program, but like the city of Savannah fire department works specifically with the red cross smoke alarms. So, you know, you're getting that 10 year smoke alarm. They'll go in. It's a completely free experience for homeowners. Um, they'll go in and install them for you free of charge. Um, and with that, we do provide some additional, um, safety information. Of course, we, um, want you to be knowledgeable about home fires and, and how to prevent them. So of course, you know, some things we were talking about today, but there are additional things on that sheet, you know, your cooking safety, um, making sure that your, you know, 
paying attention to what you cook and not just leaving the room all the time. Um, keeping things away from heat sources. We were talking about those, uh, the heat sources, you know, you don't want to throw a blanket on top of your space heater in the middle of the night. So um, smoking in bed is a big one. Um, we actually, when I first started in this position, saw um, a couple of fatalities due to smoking in bed here in the Savannah area, um, people smoking while drowsy. Um, so, you know, that's a really big one uh, to each their own. If you want to smoke indoors, we don't recommend it, but I, I'm not a smoker and I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but don't smoke lying down. Don't smoke while drowsy, you know, um, definitely be mindful of having a, a set space. You're ashing, you know, don't just fling stuff willy nilly everywhere. And uh, we do provide an opportunity, you know, a, a nice magnetic board dry erase for you to plan your home fire escape plan. Um, a simple one bedroom apartment escape plan looks very different than Chelsea's, you know, three or four bedroom home. So you want to make sure that your plan is unique to your household. Um, Chelsea also has, you know, a two-year-old, as she said. So what's the plan? How have you practiced with that versus I live with my significant other and a cat? So He's obviously a strong independent man who don't need no girlfriend to drag him out of bed um, when there's a when there's a potential fire. But if we want to have that discussion of, well, do we have a plan? Are we grabbing the cat? Who's grabbing the cat? How are we managing that? So, um, you know, you you just want to be very mindful of those things. So um, the you know reaching out to your local fire department is a great opportunity to figure out, um, you know if that resource is available. Right now, the Red Cross cannot go and install the alarms ourselves. We follow CDC guidance and, and due to the surge um, in COVID, we are currently not going and installing these alarms. Um, however, we can also put your name on a list. And then once the variant, you know, once it starts to calm down again, we can go and go into your homes and install those alarms for you. Wow. Every time I do this podcast, I learn something. It's a, it's an incredible program. I've known about it for the better part of six years now, and I always refer people. Uh, believe it or not, we've got people that contact SEMA and say, you know, I'm concerned and I don't have a smoke alarm or mine keeps chirping and I'm not sure what to do. And I almost always refer them to the Red Cross directly, or if I know they're in the city of Savannah, I can take them to Savannah Fire Department but a fantastic resource for any Chatham County resident that has a need. And as Kelsey said, you can contact her, she can put you on a list and make sure that you guys are ready to go. Um, it sounds like Sakili might be, um, might, might have some ways, might have some people to send over to the Red Cross for some smoke. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I need to send out a tweet or something and tell everybody and everybody, everybody who's listening to the podcast right now, tell everyone you know, and then they can tell more people and then everybody can be fire safe and we don't have to have this sad, these sad tragedies happen anymore. So everybody tell people we can get the Red Cross um, smoke alarm. That would be good. But on the topic of safety tips, with a, a spot and, you know, not focusing on me nerding out about the Red Cross smoke alarm. Uh, is there anything else that we can briefly mention that might be relevant to our listeners? Anything about cooking safety or fire escape plans? Anything you want to mention before we conclude? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know I talked a lot about that cooking safety, but it's probably one of the next biggest fires that we see. 
Um, and then with your escape plan, just remembering you, you have less than two minutes to get out in case of a home fire. So you want to practice that, especially with younger children. Um, again, as far as to, you know, I'm old 20s and he just turned 30 last year. So we don't necessarily need to practice. We have an idea of how we're going to get out. You know, I got a front door and that's the only door we can go out of. So that's, that's the choice we have to make. Um, but as far as a, a multi-story home with a two-year-old, you know, having that conversation with your partner and, and even with your child as much as you can of this is what we got to do. And yeah, it's a scary environment, but you can almost make a game out of it and say, Hey, the, this is what we want to do. So, um, it's definitely a, a learning opportunity for everybody involved to, to know, you know, the safety tips. Um, I know that SEMA is really big about it. Savannah Fire or your local fire department probably has some opportunities to learn. Um, and, you know, Red Cross, of course, redcross.org has all sorts of opportunities, um, resources, and, and ways that you can be prepared in case of a home fire. Absolutely. And my final like shameless plug for Kelsey, if you have an interest in helping those that have been affected by fires, they're always looking for volunteers to go out and help be kind of that first person that people can talk to and, and work through some of the trauma of just losing everything in their home. Kelsey, maybe in like a minute, do you want to explain what that might be and how they can get in touch with you for that? Absolutely. So um, we have uh, our program, it's called the Disaster Action Team. And when there is a home fire and there is a need, which almost everybody who suffers from a home fire does have a need, um, the Red Cross is called. We arrive on scene as quickly as possible um, and assist those who were affected. So um, recently there have been a couple of multifamily fires um, in and around our area. And usually what happens is a unit or two are very heavily affected, but then maybe the rest do have some type of damage, smoke damage, their powers out, something like that. And a lot of times the Red Cross can even assist those people. Fires don't care about time of day, what the weather's like, any of that kind of stuff. So we always have a need for people who are willing to, you know, get up out of bed on a cold, rainy Sunday night to, to go and assist these people or, you know, the middle of an afternoon on a Friday to go and open these cases. Um, so if there is an interest, absolutely, you can go to redcross.org and there's an opportunity to volunteer now. Um, this isn't limited to just Georgia, just Savannah area. This is a, this is a nationwide opportunity. So if you're listening to this and you're, you're not from this area, but want to get involved, that's still, a, there's still an opportunity for you. If that's not your cup of tea, but you still want to help out in some ways, the Red Cross is a primarily volunteer organization so that I'm sure there is something for you to do, even if it's not necessarily disaster, even if it's not, you know, I don't want to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. I want to do more eight to five stuff. We've, we've got opportunities all around. So we absolutely need all the help we can get. Um, you know, it's a new year. And if you're looking to give back, we, we've got the, we've got the stuff to help you out. So. Yes, they've got the stuff to help and they've got the need to, to have you help. So if you're interested, reach out to Kelsey. Um, I'm a Red Cross volunteer and I really enjoy my time with them and the communication that I have with them on a consistent basis. So that's my, the last of my shameless plug. So Keely, do you have anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation? 
Um, everybody tell all your friends about this podcast so they can tell more people about smoke detectors. Yes. Kelsey, any last minute tidbits? No, I just, as always, I appreciate getting to see you guys and talk to you guys about things that I'm passionate about. I appreciate being on the, on the podcast again. Yes, ma'am. Well, and y'all know, I will always find another reason to bring Kelsey back on here and never pronounce her last name. For those that are on <laughs> Facebook, you can see it is, it is a very long last name. Um, but I just, I just stopped. I just stopped trying because I always butcher it every time I do. I'm not offended. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure at this point you're, you're used to it. All right. Well, listeners, thanks for tuning in again for our episode, our last episode in the month of January. Be sure to tune in in the month of February to find out what our theme is. That's right. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm not going to tell you ahead of time. You're going to have to tune in to find out or watch us on Facebook. So we hope that you enjoy. If you guys have any ideas or if you want to be a guest on our podcast, if you're like, Kelsey is so cool. I want to be just like Kelsey. Find us on social media at Chatham EMA, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us some information. Tell us who you are, why you want to be on our podcast. And we'd love to have you come join us to talk about how you can make sure that your family and our community is safe during emergencies and disaster situations. But until then, and until next time, bye guys.